0: All right, well, we have enjoyed the Anonymous series. And uh, in just a minute, I want to show you a video. And uh, I wanted to have a pastoral moment with all of our campuses here. And uh, just, again, let you into a glimpse of how God speaks to me and what I uh, go through as pastor of this church. And um, here's the deal. In this series, we wanted to go into a prison. And uh, I wanted to preach an entire sermon for the series in the prison. Okay, I want to preach it, be able to record the whole thing, and then show it at all of our campuses on the weekend, and then uh, I would have the weekend off, I might travel, I might be on vacation, I don't know, but it was kind of a way to to do that, and then be able to have a weekend off and uh, show everybody the sermon. So that was the big plan in this series. Well, it didn't work out. We couldn't get the multiple videos in there, we couldn't get it in time, it just didn't quite work out, and the date by the time we got the clearance was after this would have been served. Um, so the team came to me and they said, hey, do you want to uh, still preach in the prison? And I'm just giving you a glimpse into what's going on. So in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, we missed the date. You know, I've never preached in a prison before. You know, And it, it won't matter if I preach. I won't be able to show the video and, and I won't get the weekend off. And, and so my flesh is saying like, you know, here am I, send somebody else, okay? <laughs> Could I be human for you? All right, some of you, that bothers you, all right. I don't float either, all right? Just letting you know on water, all right? Um, And so I'm just struggling with it. And as I'm kind of, this is all going on so quick. And in the moment, all of a sudden, I I wanted to say, you know, like, uh, send one of our other team or send somebody that's faithful in prison ministry. And this is what the Holy Spirit did to me. Oh, really? Because you can't have the weekend off, you're not going to go to preach to the prisoners? Oh, because you can't, it doesn't work for your schedule. You're not going to inconvenience yourself on your day off and go to the prison and preach on your day. Off. You're not, oh, so that's how you're going to be pro-Christian, not just Christian serving Jesus. And how many, wow, getting disciplined. All right. And, and so immediately as I'm ready to say, no, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. And so I'm just giving you a glimpse into the struggle. Cause I know you have the same struggles, and somebody asks you to serve, and you go, "Yeah, it doesn't work on my schedule, it doesn't work on my time, it doesn't work with this, and send somebody else. And then the Holy Spirit does the same thing to you. I just wanted you to have a glimpse into this. And then when you see this video, I, I, I wanted you to enjoy the video, but I just Being transparent. I just didn't want you to think that your pastor was like, man, he's running at every fire. There are days that the flesh riles up in me. I have to kill the flesh just like you do. And uh, I was just glad to serve and uh, to be transparent. So enjoy this video where we went to the prison, all right? Prisoners have a number, but children have a name. Children have a name. When you become a child of God, He gives you a new name. If you see yourself as a number, that's a sad thing. And I know you have a number, but before you got a number, you got a name. Aren't you glad that when you become a child of God, He doesn't say you are number 7,842 this week. He doesn't give you a number. He says your name. What's your name, by the way? Jamie? He says you're Jamie. He doesn't say number. See, we don't realize it. before you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are a slave to something. You're a slave to sin and you don't realize it. And in case you're wondering, I believe this. I believe the devil runs the biggest penitentiary on the planet. Jesus calls people by name, but the devil only calls people by number. I mean, know it's hard to live up to the new name Christian. Man, it's hard. You got all the old things that you used to deal with. You got all the old habits that used to be in your life. You got all the old struggles. And God says, I got a new name for you, Christian, child of God. And how many know you blow it? And then the first thing the devil says is, That's not a new name. You're not that new name. You're defined by your old name. You might as well be a number. Man, that's just struggle. That's life. You get back up and you say, God, give me the strength to live to my new name. And when you get out of here, I want you to live up to your new name. Live up to your new name, not an old number. Do not live up to that. Live up to a new name, a new name that God has given to you. I just got done preaching in the Lionel Lakes prison. It's the first time I've ever preached in a prison. And so many things stood out to me, but this really stood out. They said, thank you for saying that we're not anonymous. And I think that's what Jesus was saying when he said, you visited me in prison. I'm not anonymous. People matter. And I think it's up to the church to really grab hold of it and say, no one is anonymous. Amen. Amen, and I want to say thank you to all the people that go into the prison, and we have over 60 people that are in our life groups that are there ministering, and we have several people that are just going in weekly and preaching to the prisoners, and can we show our appreciation to the real heroes, the people that go in day in, day out? Thank you. Yes. Now, today... Uh, I want to switch gears on the anonymous, and I want to assure you that you are not anonymous, that you are not a number, uh, but that you matter. And uh, in a large church like this, I really want to address this because you may not realize this, but, you know, we count everything around, around River Valley. We count everything and because that data gives us feedback. I want to know how many people are in life groups. I want to know how many life groups we have. I want to know how many uh, students went to midweek. I want to know how many kids were in youth group. I want to know how many people gave their life to Jesus Christ. I want the data of how many people prayed with prayer teams. I want to know how many people got baptized in the Holy Spirit at our Holy Spirit retreat. I want the numbers. I want the data because the data tells a story. And uh, so every week we're getting numbers. We have to, you may not realize this as well, but our church has to fill out an annual report. In our fellowship that we're involved in, we fill out this report and uh, tell them all the numbers because they tell a story, okay? And so uh, I just want to give you a couple numbers that just came out and we just received. Um, Leadership Magazine does this, and it's, it's pertinent in this series. They do a survey of all the growing churches in America, and they said that River Valley was the 23rd fastest growing church in the United States of America. And they just told us that we're the 99th largest out of 380,000 churches in America. They said we're the uh, 99th largest, and which kind of blew my mind. And then uh, we grew by 917 people last year. Now those are real people that came to our church and, and it's a beautiful thing to see all these people coming into the church but I wanna assure you as the church grows, you are not a number. We count the numbers but you are not a number. You have a name, you are not anonymous and uh, I wanna let you know in order to even become a member, we get asked this a lot. People say, well, what do I need to do to become a member? One of the things you have to do after filling, uh, fulfilling the Discover class Uh, you need to have a pastor vouch for you. You have to be known by someone on this pastoral staff. Uh, It doesn't have to be me, okay? Uh, Because somebody said, well, how in the world do you know 6,500 people on a weekend? Or how how do you know all them? I said, I don't, but somebody needs to know them. And if you want to become a member at church, you need to be known by one of our pastors. That's why you need to join a life group, find a place to serve, or be the neighbor of a pastor, all right? So it's easier to, (laughs) to serve, all right? Now, uh, with all this growth, uh, I just want to remind you again, you are not anonymous. You are known by God. And um, we believe that behind every name, every name that is in our database, behind every name is a story. We believe that. Behind every name is a story. And we we may not fully know God's story in your life, but I want to let you know God knows your story and you are not not anonymous. You matter to God. And I want to point out from a passage of Scripture that you would probably read and just gloss over. You're just kind of like, oh, he's thinking this person, this person, this person. I want to read this passage of Scripture, and I want to help you to see that you're not anonymous, and I want to look at people that the Apostle Paul recognized. So in Romans chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. That's the only place we're going to look today. Romans 16, I want to go through there and show you a list of names and show you what's going on. The Apostle Paul is having a farewell. He's closing out the letter, and as he's writing to these people... He lists all these names. He lists actually uh, 27 names of people that he's greeting. And then he lists eight more people that he's sending greetings through himself to these people. And as we look at their names and look at their meanings and look at what's going on behind the scenes with these names, as people, uh, theologians and experts have put this all together, they give us a glimpse into the church that shows us that people are not anonymous, that they're making a difference, that the Apostle Paul recognized it, and we should uh, understand this and take a look at this. I want to let you know that I got a ton of this material from uh, Glenn Menzies, who heads the theology department at North Central University. Maybe some of of you had him for class. And also uh, Dr. Wood, the superintendent of the Assemblies of God. We were in a Bible study together, and I said, this this is exactly what I'm looking for for our series. And I said, I'm going to use this material, and I promise to give you credit. So there, I did it, all right? Now... um, These names that are here, I want to just jump right into it in chapter 16, verse 1. um, The first one, so, and by the way, I'm going to butcher their names, okay? I may not get all their names right, and I thought about really studying and making sure I perfectly pronounce all their names, but I knew most of you didn't know how to pronounce them anyway, so I didn't sweat it, all right. All right, so if you know their names, you can go around and correct it, all right, later, all right. But first one of chapter 16, it says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church of uh, Centria, It's a port city of Corinth. And he says, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. So the first person in chapter 16, Paul's, Paul, think about this, Paul's been writing some amazing deep theology. And if you've ever studied Romans, Romans is loaded with things about God and Deep theology, and you know when people say, I want the deeper things of God. I mean, chapters 1 through 15, Paul is going for it. He is teaching some amazing, incredible insights into God. And then in chapter 16, it's not just a throwaway chapter where like, okay, now he's saying bye to all his friends. There's really something going on here that we can grab hold of. And, and Phoebe, her name means bright and radiant. And it's interesting that Paul is basically filling out a reference form for Phoebe. Have you ever had to fill out a reference form for somebody and you look at it on your desk, you're like, oh, I gotta fill this out, all right. And, and Paul is saying, hey, Phoebe's a good person. Phoebe's good, and I'm, I'm vouching for Phoebe. Phoebe is an amazing lady, and he said, she's a deacon. Now, I want to let you know this. The King James Version, when they translated the Bible into King James, the, the guys that were doing that were staring at that, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't call Phoebe a deacon. It, so they just said, Phoebe, a servant. So if you have a King James Version Bible, it says Phoebe, a servant, but if you look in the new NIV, they actually have given her the credit because the Apostle Paul says, hey, there's a lady, and she's not anonymous. She was a deacon, okay? Now, I want to just let you know that there's going to be a trend throughout the chapter 16, and Paul is going to give a lot of praise and a lot of credit to ladies, Okay, he's going to let you know and he's going to let me know that ladies are growing the church. They're leading in the church. And Phoebe has the exact same term as Timothy, Apollos. (laughs) He's saying, Phoebe is a deacon and this is the real deal. So he says, deal with it. She was a deacon. Okay, now in addition to that, he says she was a benefactor. And he says, this lady had some serious money. And she really blessed the church with her money. And he says, you know what? You may not realize this, but I know it and God knows it. Phoebe has been serving as a deacon, taking care of people in the church, and she has really been using her money and and been a benefactor. If it was in our terms, we'd say Phoebe was a kingdom builder. Phoebe was a kingdom builder, really giving her wealth and serving. This lady made a difference, and she's not anonymous. And maybe you're here, and you say, "You say, well, I wonder if um, my gift makes a difference." Your gift makes a difference. Yep. And I'll tell you this: um, part Minnesotan, part. Just I struggle with this. We don't. We don't go chasing after rich people at River Valley. We thank God for people that are rich at River Valley but you will not see me chasing after rich people saying we wanna name a building after you or something like that if you give a donation. We want you to use your gift. We will acknowledge it. you use your gift of giving. We are thankful for that gift of giving and we say we'd rather have you get that account in heaven but don't just think like, well, at other churches, they chased me more than they chased me here. Realize the Holy Spirit is chasing you and you can use your gift and if it's anonymous, God's keeping track of it and he says, well done, okay? So Phoebe was that type of kingdom builder. Uh, moving on for the second and third, I've got all these people and I'm looking at that and I realize how long the service is and I'm thinking I'm feeling a bonus sermon coming on. All right, all right, all right. I'll have to figure this out on the fly. Pray for me, all right. The second and third people in this chapter, because the name's 27, Priscilla and Aquila. He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my coworkers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only by I, but all the churches, of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Okay, so we've got these two people, Priscilla and Aquila, and they work with Paul. They travel with Paul. We see in Acts that they travel with them. They work with them. They have a house church, so they're like life group leaders, and they're taking care of care ministry. And they go on global teams with Paul, and they're serving with. Paul. They're working. These two are exceptionally committed, and I thank God for people in our church that are exceptionally committed. It seems like you're all you're like yes, life group, yes, global team, yes, serving, yes, we're going. What else? Can we do? And and, and when I'm with these types of people in our church, and we have these types of people, I always walk away in awe. I'm in awe of people that are this aggressive, that are like, we are going to check all the boxes. We are there with you. We are for you. We are doing it. Uh, Matter of fact, the apostle Paul says, "These these two have risked their lives for me. They've risked their lives for me, and I know that there are people in this church that you say, I would risk my life for some of the pastors in this church. I'm committed to the vision of what God's doing, and I'm there, I am. I would, I would risk my very life. And, and it's, I just can tell you as a pastor, wow. That, you just feel the love when you know somebody is that committed, and they're, they're in it with you. Matter of fact, you may not know this, but in our church, our deacons pray for our pastors every month and each deacon is assigned to a pastor and they go throughout our church and recruit people in our church to pray for us each month, a new family or single to pray for us every single month. And then we get that letter or card or email and it says, hey, we're the family that's praying for you this month. I thank God for the the people that are saying, we're doing it, we're in there with you, we're there with you, we support you. We lay down our life to help complete the mission and vision of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, This is a husband and wife team. And I wanna tell you that the lady's name is Priscilla and the guy's name is Aquila. Okay, now this is very interesting Four of the six times that these two are mentioned, they're always mentioned together. Four of the six times the Apostle Paul mentions the wife first. Okay, again, this is significant. He's saying, ladies... We know you have giftings. We know there are strong women in the church. If you're married to a strong woman, just nod your head, all right? And he says, I know there are strong ladies in this church, and I thank God for the way that Priscilla and Aquila, together as a team, are making a difference. And the emphasis is really on Priscilla. Like Priscilla is doing it, she's leading, and Aquila is there right by her side. But there's a gifting, there's an anointing on her that is obvious that people have flipped it and they say her name first and they don't mean to discredit him, but they're really giving her the credit that is due saying, really, seriously, if you wanna know why the good is going on in this household, it's because that lady is stepping to the front and really making it happen. And we thank God for ladies that step to the front and minister together. I thank God for couples that minister together. All right, so we go on and he has another one with an interesting name. Eponidas, he says, greet my dear friend Eponidas, who is the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Now, Eponidas, his name means worthy of praise, and he was the first convert, the very first convert. Uh, And you can imagine, everybody's got to lead somebody to faith to be their first person. And Paul says, Eponidas was the first person that I led to faith in Jesus Christ. Thank God for that one. You know, you got the first one in. And I will say this. In 2015, our church is going to celebrate its 20th anniversary. It's amazing. It's going to celebrate our 20th anniversary. And I want you to just mark it down. September 18, 19, 20. That weekend, we are going to have a party to celebrate 20 years. And as I thought about that with that party coming up next year, I thank God for the people that were the first ones in. I thank God that when I said God gave me a vision to start a church, and we met in a school. We, went, we met in uh, Shannon Park Elementary. All right, so we met in Shannon Park Elementary. We didn't even have rooms for the kids. The school wouldn't rent us rooms. They rented us the gymnasium, so we had two-thirds of the gymnasium was church, one-third was children's church, the nursery, the toddlers, and all that, the preschool, was in the hallway. And parents still let us watch their kids. They must have been desperate for a babysitter. That's all I'm thinking, you know? And I'm going to tell you this. As much as I progress as a preacher, I was horrible back then. I was horrible. I used to say to people when I preach, guys, I'm going to get better. Stick with me. I'm going to get better okay? Just let's love each other, and let's realize we're going to do something for God. And I've just got to say this. If you are the Eponidas in this church, thank you. Thank you that you believed when there was nothing here, when there were there, there was so little, when, when there was just stumbling, when there was, it was just, it was rough. It was rough. And, and we were in the gym and the kids would cheer and I'd have to repeat the line over again and kids would escape from the hallway. And I mean, mean, like, somebody please grab that little kid and not quit the church. All right, all right, good. I mean, thank God for you. There were years that we did set up and tear down Set up and tear down. Some people had to get up at 5 a.m. and do portable church and start the truck. And I thank God for the people that were the first ones in. And I want to say this, God will reward you. You are not anonymous. I may not always have the opportunity to say thank you. And in a crowd of 6,500, you may think, where were these people when it was tough? Okay, some of them didn't even know about Jesus back then. I thank God that you were the first ones in. And can we just hear it at all of our campuses? Thank God for all the people that were the (laughs) Eponidas and the first ones in. It's all good. Definitely doing a bonus sermon. Don't get nervous now, all right? We got 27 names and I'm on five, all right? All right, so we'll do a bonus sermon. Number five, he says, greet Mary who worked very hard for you. And it's interesting that's all we know. We, all we know about this is Paul says, she wasn't anonymous, she was just a hard worker. There's a bunch of people in every church that are just hard workers. You don't hold a title of deacon or ministry director or elder, you're just a hard worker. And Paul's like, you're not anonymous. You're the Mary, you're the hard worker. And We thank God for hard workers that come in here. And I wrote this down, you may not hold a title, but we see you holding a towel. We see you holding a towel, and leaders see all the hard workers that hold the towel, that wash the feet of the least of these, that go in the trenches with no thanks, no fanfare, but you serve faithfully day in, day out. I just wanna, I'm giving some thanks in this sermon. You may not realize this, but years ago, my mom and dad, Bob and Isabel Ketterling, my dad has gone on to be with the Lord, but they, they cooked a meal for our church on our midweek Wednesday night, They would cook it at home. They would cook it at home, then bring it to church, serve everybody on Wednesday night, sometimes like a turkey dinner, then put all the dishes back in their car and wash the dishes at home. And there have been people like that throughout the history of our church that are like, I bring the dishes home. I stayed late and vacuumed. I, 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 I sacrificed. My car got a dent or a ding. This happened. That happened. I'm just a hard worker. I don't complain. I do it. And I want to say this if you are a leader in this church, let's say thank you to all the Marys that are out there just being faithful. Leaders, use your verbal attaboy like, good job. I see you serving. Every time I pull up to one of our campuses and I see people out there in the parking lot and I see them in the vest, I stop the car. I roll down the window. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for being the first friendly people we see. Thank you. And sometimes it's cold. I'm like, thank you. It's even cold and you're doing this. Thank you for doing this. We are so grateful for that. We ought to walk around giving thanks and saying, hey, we see the Marys. We see the people that are doing this. Six and seven are Andronicus and Junia. He says, greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding amongst the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. I just want to let you know this again. In all likelihood, this is a married couple. It's a guy's name and a woman's name. And wait for it. She was an apostle. She was an apostle. That's what it says there. It says, she was an apostle. That means that her, she and her husband went to unreached people groups that did not know the name of Jesus and started to set up a church. He didn't say one was an apostle and one wasn't. The way, apostles, he said right there, he says they are outstanding. And he says among the apostles, they were outstanding. And he said, they were in the faith before I was before I even got in on Christianity, they were in on the faith. And I thank God for people that were in on the faith that built it before I got there. And I know that just naming a few names will get me in trouble because I know there's too many names to mention. But I just, as I was praying about it, I just said there were, before this church was ever, you know, before I ever started pastoring the Selchells and the Watchkeys and the Demullins and the Toners, these families poured into me and they had a foundation of what you see now with multi-site. And there were many, many others. And I know I'm just, I, 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 I can't name them all, but there are people that were there that were apostles that started a church before there ever was a church from nothing. And so we're going to do this. And I thank God for them that they laid the foundation. And Paul's just saying, thank God for them. Thank God for them. Oh man, I'm going to go uh, one more and then uh, I definitely will go to the uh, more and, and do another sermon. You'll have to watch it online. But number eight, Um, here's a name that I'll just butcher. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. And here's the thing I just want to say about this. It says, dear friend, dear friend. I mean, here's the interesting thing. He doesn't even say that he does any work. He just says he's a dear friend. And it's speculated this guy was physically disadvantaged, that this guy was physically disadvantaged and just couldn't do any work. And so he says, hey, he's an encouragement to the body, and he's not anonymous. Sometimes you think, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. I'm not of any value. I'm anonymous. God doesn't care. First of all, I can say this. I've seen some physically disadvantaged people do some absolutely incredible things around our church. I thank God every time I go to our Apple Valley campus and I see Stevie out at the Welcome Center smiling. I mean, he had a stroke and he, he just goes and, and travels speaking about that and he's in our church and if you need a smile, just go up to Stevie and he is on the front row, amen in me. And I, I just thank God for people like Stevie that say, my disadvantage will not keep me on the sideline. I'm finding something to do and I thank God for that. And I just thank God for people, get this, if you're in your struggle, you say, well, I can't even do the welcome center. You don't know, I'm I'm disadvantaged. I, I, I can't do it. I've got this limit or this limit. Can I just say this? Just by showing up, you minister to the body. Just by showing up, when the snow starts to fall and temptation comes to people, that are easy, they could easily get up and on their own two legs walk out and get in their SUV with heated seats and make it to church, and the devil says, well, it's snowing, you know, and it's cold. Online's a pretty good option. (laughs) They're gonna think of you. They're gonna think of you making your way here, getting out of your special vehicle and making your way into church Come rain, come snow, come whatever, and they're going to think of you, and you're going to be an encouragement. You're going to be an encouragement. You're not anonymous. Every single person matters. Okay, so let me jump to the end of this here. I believe this, that we are the church. As I look at this list, Paul lists all these names, and he says, we are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the church. And he says, these people are using their gifts. And he says, there's a place for everyone. Everyone has a place. Everyone does ministry. It's all different. And he goes through the list and he's trying to let them know they're not anonymous. They're not anonymous. God's using them. And I want to let you know that whether you're a couple, whether you're a single, whether you're a guy, whether you're a lady, God is saying, I'm using you to build my church. And you are not anonymous. And no matter how big a church grows, you're never a number. You are never anonymous to the one that really matters. You may just do a simple thing. You may be Mary the hard worker, but you are not anonymous. And it's easy to take people for granted. That's why I believe Paul ends this chapter with, greet these people with a holy kiss. He's not just trying to say, hey, let's kiss everybody. He was trying to say, let's not take these people for granted. Let's realize everybody has a place in the body. Everybody's doing something. They're not anonymous. They matter. They're making a difference. And I believe this, you're not a number. You're someone that we count on. You're not a number. You're someone that we count on. This church is committed to discipling you, helping you grow, letting you use your gifts and talents, and saying, you know what you'll be prayed for? You are not anonymous. One of my highlights every Tuesday, I want to let you know this, our pastors pray over 30 names of people in our church. 30 names, 30 families, and we get through there and we rotate and we used to have 10 and then the church grew, we went to 20 every Tuesday and then we went to 30 every Tuesday. Now we might need to go 30 per campus every Tuesday, but here's the deal, it's a joy to pray over those names. It's a joy to lift you before the Father and it's a joy to say, we get to do work together. We get to build his kingdom together. You are not anonymous So receive the kiss of God. Receive the kiss of God that he says, you are not anonymous. Your labor is not in vain. Don't let the enemy use that against you, get you to stop. You are not anonymous. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us. Paul had an amazing list of names in Romans 16 that help us see that people do different works in different stations of life and you use all of us, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. Help us to realize that we are not anonymous. And as this church grows, I I, I pray against anything that says they're just a number. The heart of the pastors here is that every person matters. The heart of the leaders of this church says every person matters. And whether they ever get praised publicly, we know, God, that you write down everything they've done. You've seen every deed they do. You see even the cup of cold water that they give in your name and you're keeping a record of it. You're going to reward every work that's done. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the people that build your church, for the people that say we will reach the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Thank you, God, because behind every name, there's a story, and we thank God that every story gives glory to your name, the name that really matters. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.